Welcome back to Shnayim Mikra, the OU podcast series on Parshat HaShavua. This is Menachem Niktag, and in today's shir, we continue our study of Parshat Matot with Shvi'i, the seventh Aliyah, beginning in Perak Lamed Bet, Pasuchaf, chapter 32, verse 20. We were in the middle of the story of the two and a half tribes requesting to take their inheritance in Transjordan. Moshe was very upset with the request. They make a counter-request, trying to solve all the problems that Moshe Rabbeinu brought up, and now we're going to hear Moshe's response. Moshe said to them, If you do this thing, If you lead the way before God on the way to war, If all of your soldiers lead the front line crossing the Jordan before God, Until God's enemies are conquered before him, Note how Moshe Rabbeinu explains that the nations of Canaan are the enemies of God. We saw earlier in Chumash that the reason why God is throwing them out of the land is because of their decadent behavior. The only right we have to kick them out is because God has decided they deserve to be killed. And by telling us about that, Chumash teaches us that we might suffer the same fate if we don't act and follow God's laws in the proper manner. Moshe Rabbeinu continues now in his conditions, again emphasizing how this battle as a battle on behalf of God. Then, should the land be conquered before God, then afterwards you can return. Then you'll become clean. In other words, your deal has been complete and you followed your word, both your obligation to God and your obligation to the other tribes of Israel. And then, this land, which you want now, in Transjordan, in every Ardain, will become your inheritance before God. Let's stop here for a minute and try to understand what condition this is. If, on the one hand, Eretz Canaan is a land that God has set aside for the people of Israel to dwell in, how can, all of a sudden, Transjordan become God's land as well? And if Transjordan is God's land, then what was the problem in the first place, and why wasn't it part of God's original plan? We'll discuss this more in detail in our study of Parshat Masay when we get to the borders of Eretz Canaan. But to summarize the Rambam in Hot Truma in Sefer Zeraim, in his opening chapter where he discusses what are the halachic borders of the land of Israel, he explains as follows. First, Yeshua was commanded to conquer what's called Eretz Canaan. Eretz Canaan is the area of land between Dan and Beersheba to the north and to the south, and between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea from the east and the west. That becomes the kernel of the land of Israel. And first, the nation of Israel must conquer that land. Once they've established a nation in the kernel, that is, in Eretz Canaan, then, after that conquest, they can expand their borders towards the north, towards Lebanon, or toward the south, expanding down to the Negev, or even to the east, expanding into East Jordan. They can never expand more than the Euphrates and the Nile. In other words, they can't take over Babylonian or Egypt. But from Eretz Canaan and expanding outwards, it's possible to increase the size of the land of Israel. Therefore, we always find a distinction between Eretz Canaan, which has a geographical border, and Haaretz, or Eretz Israel, which is a land that the people of Israel are living on. If you look carefully, the Rambam gives a very political definition of the land of Israel. Eretz Israel, as far as Trumot are concerned, according to the Rambam, is the area which the nation of Israel has conquered or exerts its sovereignty. 
but there's no Jewish sovereignty, it doesn't have the status of Eretz Yisrael. However, that status, once Eretz Canaan is captured, can be extended to areas of land even outside Eretz Canaan. Again, this is a very complicated sugya. I suggest you see the Rambam in Echot Truma, the first chapter. Let's continue now with the flip side of this condition that Moshe Rabbeinu is now explaining to Bnei Gadu Bnei Ruvain. Pasuch Gimel. Bim sunken, if you don't follow this, then you have sinned against God. Know now what that sin will be. That will find you. Moshe Rabbeinu wants to make sure that these two tribes are fully aware of the responsibility in taking upon this condition. Now he explains what they can do in Pasach Avdawad. It's okay to build cities for your children. And closed in areas for your sheep. And that, what has come out of your mouth, in other words, that which you have taken upon yourself, be sure to do. Now Bnei Gad and Ruvain are going to respond to Moshe Rabbeinu's suggestion. Pasach they respond in a positive manner and they proclaim, Your servants will do exactly as my Lord has commanded. Our children and our wives and our cattle and all of our livestock will be kept safely in the cities of the Gilad. That is your servants, the men of war. All of the frontline soldiers will pass over the Jordan River before God to fight the war. Just as my Lord has set out before us and spoken. Now that Bnei Gad and Ruvain have accepted Moshe Rabbeinu's terms, Moshe now is going to relay these terms to the leaders of the nation to make sure everyone knows. Recall that Moshe is going to die and won't be there for the conquest of the land. So he wants to make sure that the deal that he has made now is transferred to the new leadership. Moshe now commands Elazar the high priest and Yeshua ben Nun who is going to take over for Moshe and the leaders of the tribes of Bnei Israel as follows. Moshe told them as follows. If Bnei Gad and Ruvain cross the Jordan River with you with the front line of the soldiers going to war in front of God, and should the land be captured before them, then you are permitted to give them the land of Gilad as their inheritance. But if they don't cross the Jordan River as a front line fighting with you, then they must only receive their inheritance in the land of Canaan, and Gilad will not have the status of the land of Israel. Answer now, not Moshe, but now they answer the leaders of the tribes and Elazar and Yeshua, because they have to fulfill that deal with them, as the end of the first chapter of Yeshua explains. That which God has spoken to your servants, that is what we are going to do. Notice now, that these conditions that Moshe spelled out for them, they refer to now as the words of God. Because Moshe is Eved Hashem, he's a servant of God. And he has the authority of the lawgiver. Because God has transmitted the Torah through Moshe. Now that Moshe has made these conditions, allowing them to take their inheritance 
in Eber Yarden, they refer to this as the Word of God. So once again, Benigad and Ruvain affirm that they're going to do exactly as God has said by way of Moshe. Now they explain what they mean. Pasek Lamed Bet, Nachnu Navor Chalutzim Lifnei Adonai Eretz Kanan. We are going to pass the front line in front of God to the land of Canaan. Vitanu Achuzat Nachlatenu Me'ever Leyarden. Even though our inheritance will be on the other side of the Jordan, we're going to cross Eretz Canaan and do the fighting with you and for you in the land of Canaan. Vaiten Lehem Moshe Livnei Gad Belivnei Ruvain Velachatzi Shevet Menashe Ben Yosef Et Mamlechet Sichon Melech Amori Et Mamlechet Og Melech Abashan Haaretz Laorea Bigvulot Arei Haaretz Saviv Now, Chomesh summarizes and tells us that Moshe gave Bnei Gad and Ruvain and now we add in Chatzi Shevet Menashe as well We'll get the details of their conquests very soon. They're given the entire kingdom of Sichon, the king of the Amorites, and the area of Og, the king of Bashan, the land and all its cities according to its borders, and all the land around it. In other words, all the land that Bnei Israel had captured as a nation from Sichon and Og, as described in Parshat Chukat, all that land now is given and divided up between God, Ruvain, and Chatzim Menashe. There's a big question why Chatzim Menashe is not mentioned up until now, that question is beyond the scope of our Shnai Mikra series, but I suggest you take a look in the commentators at this point who discuss why Chatzim Menashe is not mentioned up until now. Pasek Lamedawad, Vayivnu Bnei Gad et Divon vet Atorot vet Aroer. Now the tribe of God build the cities for their children and cattle. The cities of Divon, Atorot, and Aroer. These are areas a little south of Amman, Jordan. And now we get a list of other cities that they built. Vet Atorot Shofan Bet Yazer v'yogbah, Bet Bet Nimra v'et Bet Haran, Arei Mivtzar v'gidrotzon. These they made now as fortified cities and closed in areas for their sheep. That was Bnei Gad. Now we get to Bnei Ruvain in Pasuk Lamed Zayin. Uvnei Ruvain Banu. Bnei Ruvain built the following cities for their children and cattle. Et Cheshbon v'et Elalei v'et Keriatayim v'et Nevo v'et Balmaon. Musabot Shem. These cities they changed their names because the names of the cities before were names of idol worship. So now, Bnei Ruvain changed the names of those cities and gave them new names after they rebuilt them. Vet Sivma, also the area of Sivma. Vayikru v'shemot et shmot harim asher banu. And they gave names, the names of the cities that now that they built, instead of keeping the old names, they now declare new names. Now we get the story of the tribe of Nasheh, how they take their inheritance a little farther north, the northern part of Jordan today, the northern part of the Gilad, and the area of the Bashan, which today is the area of the Golan. Pasek Lamatet. The children, that is the descendants of Machir, the son of Menasheh, went to the Gilad and they captured it. And they conquered the Amorites that were living there at the time. Therefore Moshe gave the area of the Gilad to Machir, the son of Menasheh, that is, to the descendants of Machir, and those families of that tribe, by and they dwelled and settled down in that area. Pasik Mem Aleph, the Yair ben Menasheh Halach, by Yakolet Chabotehem, Yair, the son of Menasheh, most likely again, it's his descendants, and those families from that tribe, went and captured those villages, by Kra Eten, Chabot Yair, and the name of those villages that he captured, he renamed now Chabot Yair, or the villages of Yair. The Nova Halach, Another descendant of Menasheh named Novach, he went by a Knat Benoteha. He captured the area of Knat by Kralo Novach Bishmo. 
And he called that area Novach after his own name. This concludes our study of Parshat Matot and the years that there is a double Parsha. We will continue with Parshat Maseh.